Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Joined now by Yen, Professor Yanir Baryam. He's a physicist, a system scientist, and the founding president of the New England Complex Systems Institute. He joins me from Boston. Uh, good evening to you, Professor Baryam. Now, there's been some good news out of Italy you've been pointing out over the last couple of days. Well, they uh, locked down uh, the whole country uh, just over a week ago. So uh, five days after they locked down, it started to, uh, the, the number of new cases stabilized. And there's been four days of the same number of new cases. Um, today it went up a little bit. A little bit is, is still significant, it's 20%. But um, the main thing is that given the information that we have, um, it seems like they've been able to stabilize the number of new cases, and we're hoping now that it will decrease. The point is that when everybody is isolated, uh, the transmission obviously, by definition, goes way down. And so uh, there is good reason to believe that the number of transmissions will, will decrease. But of course, there's three to five days uh, is the uh, uh, Incubation period. Uh, incubation period is the period that people don't show symptoms. Typically, it can be up to two weeks. Mm -hmm. But the main um, typical number is three to five days. So that's why it was um, uh, very nice to see that it had stabilized. It's still at a very high level. You know, 3,500 cases roughly per day um, means that the hospitals are overloaded. Uh, about 20% of people who are infected end up in a hospital or require hospitalization. But the hospital beds were filled and the disease lasts for weeks. So the, because the hospital beds are filled, new patients, they have no way to go, no mm. place to put them. And that leaves doctors in a very difficult position where they're having to ration out ICU beds. Now, um, you, you've talked about three to five days we're able to stabilize the, the the number in Italy, does that mean that for Americans who are facing the, the lockdown period or something like a lockdown, that within three or five days they'll see the numbers also stabilize? Well, sir, so a couple of problems here. First of all, the question is first whether or not there's a real lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, there are some places that do have a lockdown, but it's not everywhere. Right. And that means that uh, the cases will still be transmitting where people are still going to work. Uh, and so it really requires a full lockdown now because the country has too many cases all across the country. Mm -hmm. The second issue is that we're still not doing enough testing. There are many, many cases that are getting to hospitals where are not being tested. And, and so we don't really have a sense of what is the uh, overall situation. So we're seeing kind of the tip of the iceberg with a lot of uncertainty. And until we both have a handle on testing, and a real lockdown, we won't be uh, feel secure that things are going to get better. Now, some of the projections out of uh, Cambridge University in the UK was 
that if there's no even attempt to lock down or suppress the the spread of the disease, we could be looking at millions and millions of people dying. Do, Absolutely. Um, which is where we're at right now, because we have no testing and, and sort of a meek lockdown. Yeah, so the, the real problem is that people waited too long. I mean, it's obviously it would have been better to respond once we saw what was happening in China uh, and South Korea, but we people chose to ignore it with some fantasy that um, there might be some reason like, you know, uh, we need to wash hands and that will be fine. Mm. Um, and, and, and it's hard to hard to really believe that people somehow didn't realize that this fundamental um, a dynamic of the disease spreading and the massive numbers of death uh, would, would somehow not happen uh, in other places than China. It's interesting because um, you also say that, you know, the lockdown works within three to five days, but it only works if you stay locked down. Like, I mean, if you have to ultimately keep people in sort of a quarantine state for months in order to no, really defeat the disease. it's not months. It isn't? It actually only takes a few weeks. Okay. So the point is that you know, and in China they showed this, and in South Korea they chose that showed this too. I mean, the point is that it takes. If you think about this, the basic dynamic. If the standard incubation period lasts for two weeks, as much as two weeks, in a few cases maybe longer, then if everyone is locked down for two weeks, then the people who have been infected prior to that time, we're going to know who is infected, mm-hmm. and the only other people that can be infected are the people that are living with the people who were infected before. Right. So that's, relatively speaking, only a few cases. And so it takes kind of a little bit more, like four to five weeks, before you get rid of you know very, very strong infected area, like in, in Wuhan. And in other parts of China, it took less. They waited an extra week or two. You know, it makes sense, right? You have an outbreak. You want to make sure you don't have any cases. So you wait extra week or two to see that you've cleared it. But what's really happening is that you know all of the cases. So in China, I mean, now there's like one case or something like that a day ago, except for travelers that are quarantined when they arrive. Mm. So roughly speaking, we only need, let's say, four or five weeks in order to suppress an outbreak if we really lock down. And in the meantime, need- we have to deal with all the sick people in hospitals, right. but we can stop the outbreak. And you need testing, presumably, because you've got those people in, in quarantine or lockdown. You need to be able to be sure that you've tested them all, which I don't yeah. know if we've got real testing uh, online everywhere in the U.S. yet. Um, so w- w- this is not a rosy situation for America at all. It seems bizarre that the, you know, the world's greatest superpower, supposedly, is having such difficulty. Um, if, you're, if you're in the United States and you're facing these the situation, which looks quite dire, what would you tell ordinary people to do? And the answer is protect yourselves, make sure you act quarantined so that other people cannot infect you. Mm-hmm. Get your family and friends, you know, the only people that you should be in contact with are people that they also participate with you in a quarantine. So if you live together, stay together, and none of you should be in touch with other people, either physical contact or breathing the same air within six feet, and, and only for a short time, even six feet. And then um, you don't touch surfaces. So surfaces that are in public, that people breathe out, the virus falls onto them, and you don't want things that people are touching like doorknobs or, or elevator buttons and so on. So you, 
either use gloves or use napkins or tissues, but right now, it's even that. Just stay in, lock down, only go out for necessities, and, and in a few days, when the hospitals get filled up, the emergency room, the, emergency, the, the, the ICUs are flooded, people are going to act. Eventually, you know, when the disaster hits, when the wrecking ball hits, people eventually realize that they have to act. Right. At that point, everyone will be locked down. But you, if you do it a few days ahead of time, you'll save yourself and influence your loved ones, your friends, and, and it'll be much better. And really, there's no, you know, no, no one wants to go to a hospital in the middle of a disaster like this. But is there a, something people could do to avoid going to the hospital? Well, the, the only thing that we can really recommend is to make sure that you're as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. And being as healthy as possible means doing the right things for yourself, drinking, eating well, sleeping well, and doing exercise and making sure you're breathing well uh, because um, it's a respiratory illness. So if your lungs are healthy, uh, if you are healthy, then the chances that you'll end up in an ICU are less. Mm -hmm. And that's really the, the best recommendation we can give. I really like what you're saying about, you know, if you're at home together in a quarantine setting with, with other people, family or, or other loved ones or roommates, or whatever it might be, to stick with that unit. Um, I think that makes a, a lot of sense to me and, it, and I don't think it's been adequately explained. One last question for you. To the mayors and governors of, this, of the country, because it doesn't seem like the president's going to be able to unify the country under a single um, policy, what would you say to, you know, there's a, the, the, I think about what Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio are disagreeing about lockdown. It seems to me that you're saying they should go ahead and do the lockdown. Absolutely. Every local region can lock down. Right now, things are so disrupted that it's really okay for everyone to say, draw a perimeter and say, we're not going to allow other people in unless they're, you know, they really have to be in necessities. No travel between areas, whether it's towns, whether it's states, whatever the right boundaries. Right. And in you also China, said they had guards outside of towns not letting people in. It's right. a really key, important idea. You also mentioned uh, the it's not just about identifying who might be sick um, or might have COVID, but also communities that might be exposed to COVID, whether it's churches, as I discovered in South Korea, um, but elsewhere, that, you know, you look for those uh, communities of exposure, like in New Rochelle, in New Jersey, that those kinds of, oh, sorry, uh, Westchester, uh, that those kinds of things are very important to look for. Um, can you explain a little bit more why identifying communities is important? Well, there, there are several different aspects of it. The first is that if you have public events or if you have uh, large meetings, there can be super spreader events that can create large numbers of cases. That, of course, is uh, ho hopefully nobody at this point is going and meeting with a lot of people. Uh, but if they are, they're really putting everyone at risk. And, right. and the other thing to do is to, to make sure that um, you understand that the, the role of community today is to provide mutual support. Because when people lock down and are in homes, there's an opportunity for people to help each other. And that's a really key part of what we really need to do now. So as everyone's locked down, it doesn't mean you can't talk to people by phone, by video, and make sure that you check with people and see what help they need. And you can do no contact help, like helping people with delivering of necessities, food. And that should be arranged in the community so that it's safe. And, uh, and, and people can, can survive all right over this period of time. 
That's really good advice. Professor, you've also got a website that you've set up. Um, what, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? So two and a half weeks ago, when it was clear that many governments were not going to take action that was needed, I sent out a call for volunteers to help communicating about the risks and, and, and influencing policy, but also influencing individuals to take action. And we have 3,000, over 3,000 volunteers now. Many of them are interacting in an online community and others are helping out in other ways. So the website is, the new website that was just built in a couple of days is endcoronavirus.org, E-N-D, coronavirus.org. And if you would like to join in for this information there about what's going on, but the most important thing is there's an opportunity to help. So if you click on the join the fight, we really want to stop this outbreak. And, and pe things are happening now. We've, we've seen that governments, local and national, are taking much stronger action than they expected that they would. And again, it's, it's like a wrecking ball. People are waiting too long, uh, but eventually it hits and they will take action. And now we just have to, again, try to make the action as soon as possible because it really matters every day. And the other thing is we need to make sure that we, people help each other and they're as safe as possible. That's good advice. Good Professor Baryam, thank you very much for joining us at Narrative. Hopefully we'll talk again in the next few weeks as this uh, develops. And I hope people do join your website uh, and look for ways that they can help uh, communicate the message that a lockdown or something like it is very important in every community right now in order to stem uh, the growth of this disease. Uh, this is the only time that we can act this way in order to prevent coronavirus from spreading even further. Thanks very much for joining me. Thank you and be well. You too. Be well, sir. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download.